Welcome to this month's edition of Africa Stories in the 55 podcast. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. We had the opportunity to talk to South African writer Putumi Dabeni, the author of The Broken River Tent, out this month with Jakana Books. The Broken River Tent is a novel that gives an opportunity for the Kosa people through the character Makoma to give their views on white land grabbing during the 1800s. Novelist Patumi delves into South African history, but puts a modern spin on the issue by narrating it through his character, Pila. Here's Putumi telling us about the Broken River Tent in his own words. The Broken River Tent itself, to me, is more about the epic struggle over the land that started during the 19th century. I like to say it's more of a, a story of a people that were invaded into a crisis. Even my use of Magoma as a character is more to give the, the, the story a vertebrate, if you know what I mean. The Corsas fought the longest with the English. There were nine frontier wars, and five of them were led by Magoma. So it was inevitable for me not to use him because he is everywhere in the charles of the soldiers, in the official books of the British, in the missionary books, because he, he was kind of interested also in Western civilization at the beginning before they took his land. And then he got mad when they took his land. Of course, it's, it's told by the young South African who is Pila, who is under his own pressures in life. As you know, he, he has to find his way in life and he, he spent too much time outside the country and then he doesn't feel part of anything. So he gets these nervous conditions and then that's, that's when he, Makoma appears to him. So there's two main characters, and Fila, who's also a Kosa man, he's currently in Port Elizabeth, and he's unhappy, and he's angry. And in fact, in one part of the book, he, he says, and there's a quote, I do not know how to mourn. I just get angry about everything. You alluded to it, but can you give us a little bit more of that backstory, why he's so out of sorts? Yeah, it is so easy to be angry if you are black here in South Africa, when you look at the status quo of things at how, like, basically more than 60% of the people have been reduced into a state of pauperism. And then Pila tries to find out about how did it get here? If you remember when he is standing on top of the bay in Port Elizabeth and he's trying to think about how did things get here? And then he keeps going back into history and going back into history. And then he, he just discovered that, but it just makes him even more angry when he looks into the history. Most of the things haven't changed. It's still like that from the beginning. The Kosa nation in particular, because he's Kosa, is still under the crisis that when Makoma died, it hasn't been solved. Pila, he's angry and he's going through life trying to, as you said, find himself. And then he's visited by Makoma, who's an actual person, an actual historical figure, who starts to visit him, even though he's a spirit, and reaccount battles that you speak about. And he gets a second chance to tell his story in his own way. So through speaking to Pila, he enlightens the reader about how the Kosa were treated during the white land rustling during this time. Yeah, because the opportunity that Makoma takes is like, I am here to learn you the lesson I didn't learn with my own life. So in a way, you can say Makoma is looking at him and is seeing this, this young boy who is angry about history, like he himself when they were being invaded. When you look at his biographical facts, you see that but 
from the age of 16, actually, he, he, because when he started going into war, leading war, he was 16, and it was up to the end. So he, he spent most of his life in war, and he spent his, most of his life angry. He's trying to make sure that Pilar doesn't commit the same mistakes he made that is going through his life angry. So he's trying to repair him. And of course, the most important thing about Pilar is finding his own identity. And this is where Makoma also comes in. Uh, and that because Pilar thought by being educated in a Western ways that he knew what he stands for and all that stuff. And then he finds out if you don't actually know your identity, your culture, your tradition, you're like a tree without the roots. This is where Makoma comes to give him some anchoring, some roots. They take this journey together in the Eastern Cape, which is like a the province where Makoma lives. And most of the time they go to places that have of significance either to Makoma or to Pila. And then uh, he teaches him why things are like this, even the names of the rivers, the names of the mountains, what they themselves in the 19th century used to call them and how they have changed now. Part of this journey that he takes, this spiritual journey and also a physical one with Makoma, you, you bring a lot of insight into the Kosa culture. I mean, you speak of the language, you describe the Kosa customs, and to give us a better picture of, of the richness of what it sounds like is lost now because people don't know about that. That was exactly the point because it is not necessarily lost, but it's almost lost because... When the Khazars were invaded through colonialism, it truncated their natural progress, which is culturally and traditionally. And then everything that had to do with the Khazar culture was seen as being backward. People just adopted Christianity, for instance, but then they adopted it in a wrong way without enculturalization. They lost their identity. And then even the, sometimes you find out that the, the, the Christianity itself couldn't take root because... The people didn't have their own roots. They did not know how who they were. And so Makoma sees this, and then, but he, but because himself, he knows where it started, and he, he, he himself was never part of the people who converted into Christianity. You'd find even today among the Tosas, there are those who are called Amakaba, which is uh, the people of red ochre clay that still keep the traditions of Amakosa. And most of them, you'll find them in the rural areas. And then you'll find the, the so-called uh, people, perhaps like myself, who are a little bit educated, who thinks uh, that those things are backward. And then this is how Magoma comes into the picture to show them that but no matter how educated you think you are, if you, 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 don't, you don't respect your, yourself, you don't respect where you're coming from, then you're going to have problems in life. How long did it take? When you read the book in the prologue, you actually thank a number of people. I mean, did this take years or did, did people impart their knowledge to you? Did you find this in books? I'll be lying if I, I say I can quantify it. I'm not a writer by career, so even the research part for me, I could only do it when I had time. So it was on and off. But then I remember when I started this process I was in a library when my daughter was born. My daughter actually started university last year. <laughs> the interesting part is that even most of the archives where you find the richness of this material, they are not even in South Africa, they are in Scotland. The missionaries that were working in the Cape Colony, our area then, were the, the, the Presbyterian and then they were from Scotland. So they're mostly from Edinburgh and, uh, and Glasgow. I'm married to a Scottish woman. I have time sometimes when I'm in Scotland to visit these icons. 
uh, some people find it difficult. I understand why, especially white people in particular, who don't know that history, they find it challenging. And then and I'm like, oh, well, you can imagine it. from my point of view also, <laughs> it was difficult getting into that research and then to be confronted by the, the use of language, how they called our people. So that was the most difficult part. But then once I got through that, it was fine. The research was fine. Once I, I just stopped taking it too personal. You have no idea of the revisionist history that is happening right now in this country. And it's so unfortunate that the genre of the historical novel is not very popular. And actually, there aren't many books that tackle this kind of history. This one is probably kind of breaking waters. What I do is I just put psychological emotions and thinking behind the actual historical events. Here's Patumi explaining the scene, then reading a passage from his novel, The Broken River Tent. This is the time when Makoma is uh, the last time they meet together. Pilar is not too much willing to go to Robben Island because he feels that it is going to make him angry again. But then uh, Makoma says to him, I will be there with you. In fact, I will organize a party of Matayas whose blood irrigated your freedom to be your welcoming party. Then you shall see that you are not on your own. Perhaps you'll understand why we need to linger a while in these lands. There's more work to be done here, more lost souls wandering about seeking their rest, who died abhorrent, slave deaths, toiling these vineyards, felling trees from these woods, and such things your generation has now forgotten. Keep listening to the land. The landscapes retain the memory of the departed. Beside your blood, it is what you have in common with the ages that came before you. The landscapes retain the ghost of the disposed and silently sing out their grief. This is why in the sigh of the sea, you taste the breath of ghost. And the mountains are like unmarked graves. Do not be afraid to take a plunge on the depth of the abyss, because sooner or later, you shall emerge on the side where you meet a new the stranger that is yourself. And each month, we ask a writer what his or her favorite book is. Nigerian novelist Namoy Ihirin, author of Prince of Monkeys, speaks about one Nigerian scribe who inspires him. Tutuola's palm wine drink card. Why? Because it was written without any rules. So he wrote it on his own terms, like he was telling his own story on his own terms, and he didn't write it to any guidelines. And it was published so, and it was published with those same, like, lack of limitations and lack of framework. And I think as African writers, that is how we should write. We should tell our stories however we want to tell them on our own terms like without any guidelines, and if you mix it on those terms, fine, and if it doesn't, just as fine. You'll hear from Namoy next month here at Africa, Stories in the 55, when his debut novel, Prince of Monkeys, comes out. That's all the time we have today. We hope you enjoyed listening to Petumi Dabeni speak about his novel, The Broken River Tent. If you'd like to hear Africa's best and brightest novelists speaking about their own work, please sign up to this podcast, Africa, Stories in the 55, on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, thanks for listening to Africa, Stories in the 55. I'm Laura Angela Bagneto. (laughs) 